0: before the arenas before the awards this is before nashville live have a question for our guest send it to us via messenger
1: here's your host george davis and welcome to before nashville where we're introducing the country stars of tomorrow to the country fans of today and tonight i have joining me alicia eichel alicia is originally from canada so I have another of our Canadian friends with me. Um I can't I haven't even kept track of how many I've had, but I've had a few. And uh she's joining us tonight. Where are you at tonight? Are you uh back in uh, Canada? Or are you in Nashville? Because you have residents at Nashville too, correct?
2: I am back in Canada right now. Okay. So, um yeah, in Nashville I was I live with friends down there, but I've been back in Canada since the summer just due to the pandemic. And uh got my little dog Cash with me, named Hi, after Cash. <laughs> so he's my little sidekick so i thought i'd you know bring him on for this
1: (laughs) what is he a french bulldog is that what he is
2: he is he's a french bulldog and uh a little man in black named after johnny cash (laughs) uh
1: uh, how cute well mine well no mine weren't in here earlier Um, we have our daughters our granddaughter, as we call her our daughter's dog and she is a corgi and then we have ours which is a Dog, (laughs) the dog, (laughs) dog, but she's like she's more she's like a human trapped in a dog's body. I don't know. It's all I've ever seen. That
3: is awesome.
1: I I can't even spell the word ride. Okay, (laughs) I can't even spell it because she will run to the back door, knowing what I'm talking about. (laughs) That is a smart dog. (laughs) Yes, so she she can win a doggy spelling bee. Uh, Keep it simple. Um, so how are things going for you? I mean, I know you're back in Canada. You've been doing some stuff in Nashville, but uh, the pandemic kind of have you been back there the entire year?
2: I have been back in Canada since the summer. OK, so it is. Yeah, I guess it's coming up. Um, I don't know, nine months, nine months, maybe that I've been back now in Canada. So eight, nine months. So it's been a while. And I thought I was literally going to be back for the summer uh, back for a few months and then heading back to Nashville. I left half my stuff down there <laughs> and uh, drove back up here. And just with the pandemic, I mean, we're still really um, not very far along up here in Canada, like you guys are down there. So there's still zero live music. And we actually just got put on another lockdown in Alberta uh, two nights ago. So we're right. on lockdown again. <laughs> oh so, yeah. So things are a little rough, but I mean, I'm making the most of it and uh you know, enjoying the spring weather that we've been getting and uh doing a lot of stuff over Zoom and FaceTime. So definitely right. thankful for that.
1: And I was gonna ask you about the weather up there because I mean right here, like today it's a little chilly. The wind, I mean, it's like 60, I think it was 64 degrees at the highest today, but the wind was kind of cold. You know, <laughs> and I've got blood that's like water <laughs> so and get warm regardless. And, uh, but this weekend is supposed to be like up to 74, I think, on Sunday. Lucky. (laughs) We had, it was nearly 80 this past weekend. I was loving it. Now that I can deal with, but anything below about 75, not gonna do it. That's why I'm in a hoodie.
2: (laughs) I love summer. And so I love the weather down in Nashville. And, uh, you know, it's beautiful weather. But, uh, no, we've had a really cold winter up here. It actually hit minus 54. (laughs) Oh <laughs> Yeah, it's that is just ridiculous, right? And yeah. pretty much stay in, you don't really go out when it's that cold. Um, but it's been pretty nice. It's been so in Fahrenheit, it's been, uh, we've been hitting the 60s, the odd day. But uh, then this morning woke up to snow. Again, the snow had melted and woke up to a blizzard. Um, but now tonight, the snow is melted again. Um, so the weather is really up and down this time of year.
1: You get Missouri weather up there. The state motto of Missouri is if you don't like the weather, wait a minute, it'll change. That's
2: what you say in Alberta. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's everywhere. Mother Nature just, she can't get her, her hormones are all out of whack or something. Yeah, like yeah I was
2: like, Mother Nature, not cool.
1: We'll <laughs> right.
2: go for an eight-kilometer run this morning, which is about, I don't know, about five miles, five, six-mile mm-hmm. run, and uh, got up, looked outside, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you are not cool.
1: <laughs> not happening.
2: <laughs> yeah, not in the film.
1: I, I got to say this because a five mile run, I get up every morning and I go, nope, not happening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> even when it's 70 and
1: sunny hey <laughs> right. if, it, if it's 70 and sunny it's not happening then either now i'm gonna take the truck but <laughs> i want to be able to get back if i run five miles that's 10 miles round trip you know five miles there and i'm done so it's like i'm never getting home
3: <laughs> Yeah, you're stuck
1: <laughs> we don't have uber <laughs> right but, so it's pretty bad so tell me a little bit about yourself i mean you grew up in canada you you kind of we will get into the transition to nashville because you said you stay with friends so you don't actually live in nashville you don't have a place there yet but you've been in and out of there for a little bit and we'll talk about that later on but tell me about growing up what was life for um alicia like as a child
2: yeah so i grew up in british columbia which is our furthest west province. Um, so I grew up in a place called Kelowna, BC in the Okanagan. It's about four hours inland from Vancouver and really beautiful there. Beautiful weather, wineries, um, kind of the California of Canada, they call it. Okay. And where I grew up, country music was not cool. Um, so, you know, I was really different. Um, I definitely wasn't cool kid in school because I was this country girl who loved horses and I would hang out with horses all the time. Um, we, I grew up in the city, but we lived kind of at the edge and we had like, um, an orchard and this horse pasture right beside us. So every day after school I'd walk my dog there, hang out with the horses. I'd be writing songs and singing. And my parents introduced me to country music when I was, when I was probably seven or so, seven or eight. And I just fell in love with it. And so, you know, I've always stuck with my guns and just, uh, know that I loved country music and that this is what I wanted to do.
1: So when you say that you weren't the cool kid that you, because you like country music, there's a country scene in Canada. Why, what was the difference? I mean, was it more, everybody's listening to pop music or something or what?
2: Yeah, just in the city that I grew up in was very non-country and, uh, um, moving to Alberta, Alberta is very country. Alberta is awesome. Um, but now there's more of a country scene kind of everywhere in Canada for sure. Uh, but right. just as a kid growing up, it was just not really in school. It wasn't cool and it wasn't really the cool thing. <laughs> right. I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I always just stuck to my guns and I grew up singing in church. So um, I grew up singing from a young age. The first, uh, first time I sang in public, I was about four years old oh. and it was a Christmas Eve service. And the pastor called all of us kids up on stage and we sang away in a manger. And then he said, does anybody know the second verse? And I'm like, I know it. Yes. And so I got to sing it on microphone. And uh, it was a big church, about 2,000 people. And so I was uh, that was my first time singing in front of a crowd. And right. ever since then, I just knew I loved to sing. And I grew up singing for my family. And uh, my parents put me in classical piano lessons when I was eight and voice lessons as a teenager. And. Um, just really grew up singing in church and school and taking every opportunity I could to sing and then actually took music in college. So okay. um, continued it on in my education and uh, um, was told actually in college that I would never sing again. So wow. I have quite a story um, that I've been through and I'm not sure if you've read about this. Uh,
1: right, right, yeah but uh before we transition to that let me ask you another question um because i do want to get into that because i think it's an amazing story but um when when you were talking about um uh, you know first off canada does have a huge country scene there's uh, some festivals up there that uh, i think you've been a part of a few of them and and uh things like that and you've gotten to really hone your craft so to speak but when When was the first time that you said, you know, maybe you turned to your parents and you said, mom, dad, I want to be a country music singer. When did, I mean, when did you first realize that was your dream?
2: As a teenager, I mean, I'd say as a child, I kind of always knew in my heart, that's what I wanted to do. And I was always singing. And I think as a teenager, um, probably about 15 or 16 was when I really, and I've been singing a lot and doing a lot of singing at church and at my school and a lot of performing and Um, where I just said, this is really what I want to do with my life. And they were 100% on board. They've always been 100% supportive and encouraging. And I'm very thankful for that because I know not everybody has that. So it's definitely a huge blessing.
1: So what kind of background did you come from as far as your family? Because you said you kind of lived outside of town near, I mean, was the pasture one that that you and your family, I mean, that your family owned? Or was that a neighbor's?
2: No, so we were in the city, but kind of at the edge of the, of the city. And right. uh, it was neighbors that owned the orchard and the pasture that I would go to every day to visit the horses. And uh, we had a big yard. We had like nine cherry trees, and peach trees, and uh, apricot trees, walnut trees. So it was a huge yard. Um, but no, I grew up in the city. Okay. Every summer we would um, go out to Saskatchewan, which is two provinces away uh, to my grandpa's farm and spend time out there and spend some time on an uncle and aunt's farm. And so I was kind of a city girl with a country girl at heart. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely would say I'm definitely a mix of those two.
1: <laughs> and uh, which, which is you, which would you say, I mean, like is the most prevalent the city or the country?
2: You know what? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I lived I've lived in the country um, before I moved to Nashville. I was living out in the country for a few years, built a house out there and had a farm and, you know, a horse and goats and, <laughs> and everything. And uh, I think, oh, that's really hard. I'd say, like, I'm such a, such a mix of the two. But if I had a choice, um, my choice will always be to live in the country. I just love the country life. Um, I love fishing. I love camping and hiking and just getting outside. I get a lot of my inspiration from the outdoors. Um, So, you know, I love to get like dolled up and go out for a night on the town. And I love the city and I love Nashville. Nashville is, in my opinion, the best city. Um, But I just, there's something about the country. So I'm probably lean a little more to the country, but I'm pretty close, pretty even, I'd say.
1: (laughs) Well, and, and with you writing, I mean, you were talking about doing a lot of Zoom rights and things like that. Who are some of your writing influence, the people that you look up to and you go, and that's the kind of songs I want to write?
2: Yeah, well, there are so many writers that I look up to. Um, one writer in particular is uh, Carolyn Don John Johnson, and she's a Canadian uh, who lives down in Nashville. And she's had you know huge hits and written huge hits for others. And uh, I've looked up to her since I was a kid and um, I actually got the honor of writing with her in Nashville last year. So that was a huge dream come true. It was kind of surreal. And um, I've known her for a while and she is just the sweetest person. Mm -hmm. And that was an amazing experience. And other writers that I look up to, I mean, there's so many, it's impossible to name them all. There's so many, and so many that I've been able to write with who have mentored me in it as well. Um, But some of the big ones, I mean, I love Shania's writing. I think she's an in- incredible writer, and she's someone who I've been a huge fan of since I was really little and, <laughs> you know, right. grew up seeing her stuff. And uh, I love Dolly, and Dolly has, you know, she's written, they say, over 3,000 songs. I mean, she's incredible. Um, so okay. there's just so many, though, that uh, writers and artists that I look up to.
1: It's so hard. Like you said, is it, it is hard to pick. You know, like the ones that you really look up to, because there are so many great writers and they could be, uh, you know, male writers, female writers. um, And and I'm not a songwriter, but I, you know, I love the writing of of, um, you know, like you said, uh, Carolyn Don Johnson. I've listen to some of the stuff that she's written dolly of course everybody's listened to the songs that dolly's written you know and um the the one that comes to my mind the most is coat of many colors you know she wrote that about her mom making her a coat when she was growing up and how she would just take life and her life and put it into every song and it would touch people yeah you know and then you've got like hardy you know if you want to look at modern day writers you've got hardy you've got natalie Hemby, you've got um uh Maren morris you've got miranda i mean they all write whether it's for themselves or somebody else and there's just so many of them that are out there now as far as performance wise who do you look up to
2: performance wise uh, mm-hmm. i love miranda love miranda lambert um i i think she's just awesome she puts on a great show um, she's an incredible writer, like you said, and, and a great person. She's also a dog person and an animal person like me. So, um, I love her and, uh, um, Shania, another one that, you know, she hasn't been doing as much now, but back in the day, I mean, she put on incredible shows. I've seen her live twice and she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she has so much energy. And, uh, and I love her as a performer and, um, there's so many. I mean, I love Eric Church. Um, there's so many, and and then I look up to a lot of the the old school ones that aren't around anymore, like Johnny and June, and even Elvis, CCR. You know, I've got a lot, quite a vast um, kind of musical range, I guess, of different influences.
1: Right. It is, and that's one of the things that I love about country artists because, you, I mean, you have to love it all. And it doesn't all have to be country. I mean, you know, I think a, a great artist is one that's very well-rounded in whatever genres they enjoy. You know, it could be taking influences from pop music, taking influences from, you know, um, R&B or even rap or hip-hop and putting them into, you know, and then country, whether it's classic country or you know, uh, yeah. however you want to term it, I see country as having so many what I call subgenres. It's not even funny. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there are. <laughs> and uh, so if you classified your music in one of those country subgenres, what would you say it was?
2: I mean, that's hard because I have quite a mix. Like if you look at my golden album. um my only kind of full length album that I released in 2016 Mm -hmm. is very country. It's got a lot of fiddle and pedal steel, banjo, mandolin, um, lots of piano. I play piano. So there's lots of piano on that album and it's very country. And uh, then you look at some of my newer stuff and it's a little bit more crossover kind of country, like modern country, country pop. Um, And I enjoy writing and singing all of it. So I don't know if I fit into one specific category. I think it just totally depends on the song, right? Mm-hmm. And
1: now, again, I, I do want to talk about the 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 thing that we discussed earlier. But uh, another quick question, because you you've been going down to Nashville. If I my timeline and my math is right, which I'm not a math whiz, that's why I do radio and podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> because I'll never be a physicist, <laughs> but yeah. about five years, you've been traveling back and forth to Nashville. Is that correct? Or has it been longer? And it's just some information that it's
2: been longer. Um, my okay. first trip down to Nashville was in 2009, I believe. Okay. And then I didn't go for a few years. And then I was back uh, ever since 2013. I've been going um, a couple times a year, Uh, usually two, three times a year to record and write and perform and network. And then last year, I actually got to live down there for nine months. Um, So I've been going down quite a bit for quite a few years now and just in love with the city the first time I went.
1: What's your favorite? Have you played a lot of the Nashville venues?
2: I have.
1: What's your favorite one to play?
2: Okay, so my favorite that I've ever played... And it was just incredible. was the Bluebird Cafe. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's iconic. And uh, I got to do a, a writer's round there and play six original songs. And wow. it was funny because one of the songs that I played, we had literally written the day before the show.
3: Oh, <laughs> so wow.
2: So fresh and so brand new. And, you know, just the feeling in there, um, knowing all the legends that came before that actually played there.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, when you sit in that circle, you just feel just kind of this presence and you just feel so, I felt so blessed to be there. And I remember being so nervous um, to perform there because it's it's the legendary Bluebird Cafe, right? And uh, and once I got there and just got started, literally just a few bars into the first song, I just felt this peace and I just was right into it. And it's really cool in there because they have that hush policy. So everyone's quiet. It's all about the music. It's all about the song. And uh, I just love that venue.
1: Is it kind of? I mean, would you think that if you know you you get the opportunity to play the Grand Ole Opry, would you say that is kind of like the the rung below on the step to the Grand Ole Opry?
2: I would say, because the Grand Ole Opry is the top of my list (laughs) to play. I mean, that's a dream. I've been going to the Opry ever since my first trip to Nashville. And, uh, yeah, it's my dream. I mean, I think it's most country singers' dreams to play the Opry. It's such an honor to be asked to play there and, uh, you know, stand in that circle and share your songs. And so that definitely is at top of my list.
1: Now, have you got to be at both of the Opry sites, the the Ryman and the the Gaylord Opry House?
2: I have. I've taken and oh. shows at both, and it's amazing. Um, the Ryman has such amazing sound. Oh yeah, and, uh, it's so cool. And it was cool because I was there for a um, Vince Gill and Amy Grant Christmas,
3: uh-huh.
2: and it was incredible. And. Uh, On the break, I went and I actually, I was like exploring a little bit with the Ryman. And I went and I sat, I went into one of the stairwells and they had these rocking chairs. And I was like, this is so cool. And there was nobody around. So I just sat in this rocking chair and started singing. (laughs) And it was so cool because there was no one around. And it just, the the acoustics in there were so Mm. amazing. And I was like, huh, I can say I've sang in the Ryman. (laughs) But it was, it was just such a cool feeling in there. And uh, again, just knowing all the greats that have come before that have been in there and have performed in there. And I uh, spent so much time in there. There's just such a cool feeling and it's really hard to describe.
1: So did you video when you were sitting in the stairwell in the, in the rocking chair?
2: I didn't, but I do have a picture.
1: Okay, Well, that works. <laughs> That's really awesome though. Now yeah. let's, let's move forward because um, you You were told at one point in your life that you're never going to sing again. And you, you talked about that and that was while you were in college. Yeah. What was, what were the circumstances that doctors told you you're never going to sing again?
2: Yeah. So that happened. I had just graduated high school and I was uh, moving to Alberta to attend a college music program as a voice major with scholarships. And, um, I just went in for a routine doctor's appointment and my doctor found a, a lump, found a, a tumor on my thyroid gland. Oh wow! And, um, it was quite big. Um, they did a bunch of tests and it was quite large and um, they did biopsies and numerous tests and everything. Came back conclusive. So they didn't know if it was cancer or not. And they said, we have to remove it because you know, if it is cancer, clearly it's got to come out. And if it's not, it could turn into cancer. So, um, I had the surgery, it was August, um, August 8th. And um, I had the surgery and uh, and this was just before college was starting, I graduated high school. And um, they told me, you know, everything will be fine. They knew I was a singer, they said we'll be extra careful. They took extra time in the surgery. And during the surgery, they had to re- remove half of my thyroid gland because the tumor was kind of octopus around it. So they removed half of the thyroid gland as well. And I woke up with no voice. And I was told, you know, it's just swelling. It'll come back in a few days. Um, A week went past, still no voice. I had like this tiny, tiny little whisper. And they said, um, you know, it's normal. They gave me all these different medications and stuff to take and saying it was just swelling. And I moved out to Alberta. um, So I moved about nine hours from where I grew up to attend a college. Uh, Didn't know anyone. Started college. Couldn't talk. Um, Everyone thought I was super shy and quiet. (laughs) And uh, things just weren't normal, right? Like my voice was not coming back. So my vocal coach sent me to a throat specialist um, in Red Deer. And uh, it was then that they put the tube down um, with the camera on through my nose and to look and see what was going on. And they found that my right vocal cord was completely paralyzed. And the vocal cords attach kind of like a V and they, they move together to create the sound as the air goes through. And so my right vocal cord was just laying there completely limp. I saw it on the screen. And my vocal cord was trying to do all the work to move over to the right to make the noise. But all I was getting was a tiny whisper and sometimes kind of this high-pitched Mickey Mouse kind of weird voice if I would try to really push it. And um, so they determined that the recurrent laryngeal nerve that makes the vocal cords move was severed, um, resulting in paralysis. So I was told right then and there I would never sing again. I would never talk again. And I asked the specialist in my little whisper, you know, there's got to be something I can do. He said, there's nothing. And I said, so all I can do is pray for a miracle. And he looked at me, he said, what the hell else can you do? (laughs) You know, he was just very, like, very blunt, very
3: insensitive.
2: And um, I left there just in complete shock and uh, devastated. I mean, I was, I was bawling and I was really upset and I have a really strong faith. And inside I was screaming at God inside. And I was like, why would you give me this gift and this passion? And then, take it, you know, just didn't understand. And um, I remember saying to God, you know, if you're not going to give me back my voice, take it, take the passion, because I can't live with this passion to do this, if I can't do it. So take the passion, if you're not going to give it back. And I just felt this peace come over me pretty early on. Um, I just felt this peace that, you know what, I'm going to get my voice back. It's going to be healed. There's going to be a miracle in this. And uh, I just had to believe and I had to be patient and, and trust and trust God. And uh, it was definitely hard. It was the hardest trial of my life. Um, but I learned a lot through it. And uh, three months after my speaking voice actually came back, So I went back to that same specialist and he walked in and he said, hi, Alicia, how are you? And I said, good, how are you? And he looked at me and he's like, your voice, you're talking. And he was completely shocked. So he fumbled around and got the the camera and looked and my vocal cords were moving and he could not believe it. And I he said, scientifically, this can't be explained. And I said, well, I said, I have a really strong faith. And I was praying and believing in a miracle. And I said thousands of people across Canada were praying people. I didn't even know were praying for me, um, right. family and friends, churches. And, and I said, you know, I just believed in a miracle and he got tears in his eyes and he said, you got to come back in a few months. I want to follow this. <laughs> I went back to him in another three months. And at that point he said, your vocal cords are hundred percent. You can start singing again. So pretty incredible. Um, it's definitely no doubt about it. A miracle. And, um, You know, it taught me a lot. It really made my faith real to me because I grew up in church and I grew up with faith. But it's really different when you actually go through something, you go through a trial like that, that really, really tests your faith. And for me, that really made my faith real and really showed me how real God is and uh, just, you know, how much He wants a relationship with all of us and how. He, you know, sometimes things happen in our lives for reasons to teach us, to teach us things or to grow us and uh, areas sometimes that we don't even realize that we need growth in. Um, so that definitely is what drives my passion as an artist and a singer, because I know what it's like to lose it. And um, I just feel like it's such a gift and it's something that I I want to use well. You know, I I, I want to use it for a good purpose.
1: That's such an amazing story, though, because, I mean, I, I cannot never being in that situation. I know people probably wish that, you know, they're I I don't want to say it that way, but they wouldn't mind if I lost my voice, but (laughs) because they get tired of hearing me talk, but that's what I get paid to do day in and day out. But I cannot imagine as a singer. And like you say, the gift that you were given is just taken away with, I mean, really no explanation as to where the tumor came from, what brought it up, you know, what caused it to grow. And I, I mean, if it were me, I have so many questions and I know you had those too. And I'm not going to, you know, put out my questions because I, you know, I, I, it's just not my place, but I'm very, very grateful and thankful that you are back to where you are because I mean your music is is really good your voice is good you've got a a softness to your voice and I I don't know what it sounded like before you know but um you know it's just it's amazing once you recovered Mm -hmm. how long was it before you jumped back in with both feet and said okay I'm I'm grabbing the bull by the horns and we're going for this. I mean, did you wait a little bit and strengthen? I mean, did you have to strengthen your vocal cords before you did that? Or was it just like, I'm going for it because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely, I definitely kind of tiptoed back in a little bit because I was, I was a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit nervous and I hadn't sang in so long. Um, So I did, you know, go to my vocal coach in college and, and we kind of came up with a plan to kind of ease me back into it because I didn't want to just all of a sudden, like, you know, damage something or
3: <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> I hadn't used my vocal cords in so long. Right. I did kind of ease ease my way in. But I remember my first show, my first show back um, was pretty cool. It was on the main stage in the college and they had me perform um play on piano, I play and sing, and they had me play on piano and sing a song on the main stage in a in a big show. And it was just such a cool feeling and everybody had knew what I'd been through and everyone was just like, wow. Like, <laughs> you know, like they everyone just because they they had been there on that journey with me, um, all the other students and the instructors. And uh, so it was a really cool feeling and just the support that I got there too is incredible.
1: Moving forward and moving on to The fact that you've got your voice back and now you're starting to get, you know, you're getting back into things Um, when when you're writing, you talked about writing on Zoom and stuff like that. How many songs do you think that you write in a week?
2: In a week right now, it really depends because sometimes I mean, I write on my own a lot, too, so I'm not writing co-writes. When I was living in Nashville, I was writing songs every day. <laughs> Which was awesome. Um, up here, I'm probably writing a few a week. Um, you know, it depends how many co-writes I have and how much time. I mean, sometimes I'm see, I teach music as well, so I be very busy with that and most of the lessons are online right now. Um, but probably averaging a couple, a few a week. Um, but when I was in Nashville, I was writing every day you know, because that's, that's what I was there for. So I was right. writing every day and then performing a lot of the evenings or going to shows in the evenings. And yeah, it was, it was pretty fun.
1: What do you like most? Do you, and, and I've asked this to several artists and actually they have different varying opinions, but do you like writing in a room with somebody else or the zoom rights better?
2: Honestly, I love the face-to-face in person because you just feel um the energy more i guess right uh, i love that and sometimes on zoom and some and skype and stuff sometimes there's um a tiny bit of delay too (laughs) so it can make it a little hard at times if you're like both singing or if you're both playing an instrument at the same time um so sometimes you know sometimes it has its challenges but uh but I mean, honestly, I'm thankful for the technology because it's allowed me to continue writing with writers in Nashville while I'm up here in Canada. And we're on very strict lockdown right now up here. So um, I've been writing with writers right here in Alberta over Zoom. <laughs> and it's cool because it's, it's funny because it's like we're in the same city or we're only an hour apart, but we're writing on online because of the restrictions right now. Um, so it's it's definitely been a blessing to be able to do it that way. But if I could choose, I would much rather be in person.
1: Right. I think, and and I've said this before, I think with the way that Nashville has kind of um, uh, wrapped its arm around technology through this whole pandemic thing. I mean, the technology has been there for a little bit, but it's like they didn't use it. And I understand why, because the energy when you're in the room with somebody is a lot different.
3: It is.
1: But... You know, uh, it, it's like a, a, an artist I interviewed said, you know, I can write with people even before I could write with people in California. You know, there may be a, a schedule conflict and we know we want to write, but we can't get from point A to point B at the same time. Yeah. So I just think Nashville has really embraced that technology a lot. I mean, you know, going to the the online concerts and stuff like that was just and you know, I, I don't know who claims the the brainchild status of that, but whoever it was was really good you know i mean that that was a great thing. Have you had the opportunity to do any of those as well?
2: No, I haven't done the online um. So last year in the pandemic, I was able to do a few um, in Nashville before I came back to Canada, a couple of like outdoor patio shows and drive up shows, which were pretty cool. And then in Canada in the summer, I was able to do a couple of outdoor shows. I was in a parade for Canada Day where I was um, being pulled on a truck, like on a big trailer, uh-huh. and uh, got to perform all through a city. And there was five of us different performers that had different routes. So we covered like this city and um that was really fun performed for an hour and a half straight just driving through and (laughs) it's pretty cool and thankfully the weather held out um but we weren't allowed bands so because of the restrictions it had to be just solo Mm -hmm. and uh so it was just myself with my piano and my guitar and just alternating instruments and (laughs) and uh did some stuff like that last summer but there's been nothing full band and uh we talked my band and I were talking about doing something online full band, like making it work. And then uh, we just got put on lockdown again. So we can't even get together. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot of restrictions still going on, so it kind of limits us, but.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, hopefully, I mean, things are starting to open back up here and in in the U S and who knows, I mean, this, we still, I don't think we still understand the coronavirus. So I don't think that there's, you know, they can honestly say six months down the road, it's going to be gone. It's like I told my wife, you know, we both had the the vaccine and have our little card, AKA passport, whatever you want to call it. And we were talking about getting it laminated. And I said, I don't know if they want you to laminate it because I think what's going to happen is you're going to have to have a booster shot every year, kind of like a flu yeah. shot that you get every year.
2: Yeah. So they want to be able to write that on there. And- right. Yeah, see, we don't have very many vaccinations up here yet. Uh, We're very, very far behind the U.S., Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why, like, travel's restricted, and that's why we're on lockdown again, because there was now another outbreak, and, you know, so it's, we're definitely quite a bit behind you guys, and I'm talking to all my friends in, like, Tennessee and Texas and all over the states, and we're all like, yeah, we're touring, we're performing. So lucky.
1: <laughs> and you're going, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear it.
2: <laughs> uh, and they're like, just come back. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I can't, like, we're not really allowed to travel. So.
1: <laughs> I know that. And that puts you in such a, I mean, you know, it's got to be disheartening because your passion is to be outperforming is to be yeah. out singing and, yeah. and, you know, doing your craft, so to speak, and you can't do it because of this whole thing. And, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like Eric Church just announced he's getting ready to do a concert. And uh, yeah. I think it starts the latter part of this year and goes into 2022. And although some things have been pushed back to 2022, unfortunately, right. you know, CMA Fest, Kenny Chesney's big stadium tour, which I was hoping to go see. Um, yeah. That's fallen through again.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. But it's really It's really exciting to see it, but yet when I talk to artists that are from Canada who are up there, you know, they're uh, Mm -hmm. not the ones that are in Nashville, Mm -hmm. but the, you know, it's like you, it, it, I, it's just unfair. I don't know how else to say it. It's just unfair because you can't do what you love to do. I mean, it's like if if I had to try to do this without a camera and a microphone, I mean, you know, it's, it's like something's been taken away that i love to do and I can't do it. And so I just hate that for you guys.
2: Yeah, it's definitely, the stage is where I feel the most alive. Um, right. so definitely, you know, been a challenge not performing and just kind of not really feeling myself or like a piece of myself is a little bit gone right now because mm-hmm. there has been no performing. Um, so definitely missing that um definitely can't wait to get back on stage i think oh my goodness my band and I are ready to hit the road running and initially like with me moving to nashville i was still planning to come home back to canada every summer my band and I are usually super busy with festivals and rodeos and fairs and so right. my to come back every summer for a couple months just you know hit it hard with the band, do tons of shows, and then go back to Nashville. Um, because in Nashville, it's been more the singer-songwriter stuff I've been doing down there. And um, I love performing with a full band. So that was the plan. But then the pandemic kind of threw a curveball at at everything.
3: <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I've got hope that things will get back to normal somewhat. I mean, they might not be exactly as they were, but I do believe um, in just staying positive and you know, what else can we do through this? Right.
1: Right. Right. Now there's one bright spot. If, if there's a bright spot in here at all, because about what's it been, uh, 15, 16 days ago, 17 days ago, you released a new single.
2: Yes. A
1: little over two and a half weeks.
2: (laughs) Yeah. March 22nd. Um, Yeah. That's been a lot of fun.
1: Now, um, that song itself, how I mean, I I see how it's performing on Spotify and the streaming and it's doing really well. How is it performing in like in Canada and, and even in the U.S.? Are you getting a lot of feedback from both sides of the border as to how it's doing?
2: Yeah, so I released it just in Canada um, to the MDS, to Canadian Country Radio. But I've also been promoting it um, worldwide to a lot of different stations. So I've actually been having really good feedback worldwide, overseas, Australia, UK, um, Europe, and down in the States as well. And Canadian Country Radio has been really supportive. I've had a lot of – I've been really busy with radio interviews, which has been awesome. I miss going into the stations. I would go on radio tour before and, like – you know, just drive and visit a whole bunch of stations in a day. And I love that. Um, so it's all been over over phone, but it's still really fun. And um, it's been really well received up here. And uh, I've had good feedback and really good feedback from some other artists and writers, too, which always means a lot.
1: Right. Well, let's let me, if you would allow me to play the song. And it's called Household.
2: Yeah. And
1: I'm I'm really excited to hear the backstory because I'm super excited for you to share that with our listeners. But we're going to get into the song. This is called um, uh, this is called Household, and it's from Alicia Eichel on Before Nashville, which by the way is being brought to you by GoGo Tuners. If you're looking for tuners, go check them out, GoGoTuners.com. com. They got a great technology called Green You're In, Red, You're Out easy-to-use, easy-to-tune a guitar. So really awesome stuff there. GoGoTuners.com. Here's Alicia Eichel and Household on Before Nashville.
0: Out in the country At least a mile down from that exit Off the highway There's a wooden rail a gravel drive
1: Alicia Eichel, it's called Household on Before Nashville, where we introduce the country stars of tomorrow to the country fans of today. And the song itself, now, if I'm correct, and I may have you made this mixed up with another one, but did you play piano and you did background vocals on that song?
2: I did, yeah.
1: That is amazing. I don't know how you got to sound like the guys in the background, but you do a heck of a job.
2: <laughs> no, that part was... <laughs> Those added vocals in the bridge that wasn't wasn't me. I did the main harmonies, okay. but uh, no, the added vocals in the bridge was Johnny Gasparik, my producer up here that produced the song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> I knew it was, and I just had to pick on you for that, but <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the song because I know that from what I've I've discovered about the song itself it's very close to your heart and very real to you. Now you share what you feel like you can. And when you can't just say, okay, that's it.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, this song is very real. It's very honest for me, very raw. Um, so the inspiration behind the song just before I moved to Nashville last year, um, I was in a long-term five-year relationship that ended very unexpectedly. Um, it was very devastating. And, uh, we had built a house. We had bought 25 acres of land out on a farm. We had built a house from the ground up and literally built it ourselves. And uh, so it was a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of heart and hard work goes into that. And, uh, you know, really thought that we were building our future together. Our, uh, you know, thought we had the kind of the same goals and dreams and plans for life. And uh, that ended up ending and the love that held that household together and that relationship together fell apart. And, I was very devastated and it, it actually happened right before a trip to Nashville. I was um, going to Nashville a week after to record a couple new tunes and do some writing. And uh, so when I was in Nashville, I said, you know what, it's always been my dream to live here. I've been going down for how many years, a couple times a year. And I just said to God, I was like, you know what, God, if you want me down here, open the door. And if you don't, that's fine. But if you want me down here, open the door. And it was really cool because the way that he opened the door was it, it was no question about it, God. And uh, just with a place to live, I'm um, with friends, and everything fell into place. And so I said, okay, I'm going to move and took, you know, picked up the pieces of my broken heart and moved to Nashville and turned my heartbreak into songs. And Household is one of those songs. And I co wrote it with Kelly Seidel. She's an amazing writer in Nashville. And uh, my producer in Nashville, who I do all my recording with down there, Daniel Dennis, he uh, introduced Kelly and I. And, um, her and I wrote this song in less than two hours. It was one of those songs that just came together and it was really cool because, um, she had this idea of household. And as we got talking and I was sharing my story, she was like, this is like this idea I've had for a while. She said, this is, this is you, this is what you just went through. And so we wrote it and it, and, you know, literally describing the house was out in the country and, uh, Literally describing, you know, the actual house that we built. There was timber beams and <laughs> and all that stuff. And uh, after we finished the song, I just knew it was something special. And I, I had the chance to perform it at some writers' nights down there, and had really good feedback. And uh, it was a hard song to perform at first because it was very raw and real to me. Um, now it's been uh, coming up on two years since that relationship ended, and so you know my heart has healed, but it took a long time. Um, definitely the time I was in Nashville. And then when I moved back, I realized, Oh, my heart's not fully healed. And um, we sold that house. And I um, had kind of a surreal moment. After I had uh, recorded this song back in February, um, mm-hmm. I was driving in the country and literally drove past the road to turn off to the house while I was listening to the final master that my producer up here sent me. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and I, um, you know, got a little bit emotional, but I just realized, you know, there's, there's a lot of heart in this song. And uh, I definitely am very honest and real in it. And, right. uh, you know, it was a hard, very hard thing to go through. But I know, looking back now, I know that uh, it wasn't God's plan for my life. And God took me out of that relationship for a reason. And right. I've written a ton of songs about it. And that's what we do as writers is, Write our heart and I think for me too it's helped me be more honest in my writing um going through that I, I kind of got to a point where I'm like you know what I'm not going to hold back I'm just going to write about if I've been through heartbreak and the hard things I've been through some really tough things in my life and I finally am at a place where I'm starting to just write very honestly about the things I've been through and knowing that it might help somebody else or it might encourage someone else and uh just not being afraid to share my story so household very raw and real. And, uh, um, I've already had a few people tell me, man, I can relate so well to that. And, (laughs) you know, so that always means a lot when others can relate and when it uh, helps other people too.
1: That's, that's one of the things about country music that I love. And I gotta be honest with you, when you're telling that story, my heart's breaking for you. Um, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not a, I, I don't get emotional, but I mean that often, but that's just like, I I can't imagine. I mean, this is the way I look at songwriters. Songwriters are the smartest people in the world. And the reason (laughs) I say that is because therapy is so expensive. Yes. And you use songwriting for your therapy. Now, not to say that some folks don't do both, but primarily your therapy comes from your songwriting. And so it saves you a lot of money. (laughs) I mean, you know, just to kind of make light of it in a way, but still it's, you know, it's serious, but it's just amazing Um, what I I think about, you know, I I think back on things in my life and my tragedies and I go, I, I, I mean, I'm not a songwriter. I can't, I can't sit down and write that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I could write it out and give it to somebody that could transform it maybe for sure myself I couldn't sit down and come up with the melody and and the flow and everything because and I've talked to so many songwriters about the their you know it it seems like there's a basic process to writing a song but everybody has a different method of getting to that basic process if that makes any sense whatsoever on my side I'm going that was a really dumb thing to say
2: (laughs) True though I mean you know we all have kind of different ways of writing and for me when i write it's different quite often i mean sometimes i write when i'm driving and i'll be out driving and i'll get an idea in my head and then i'll stick it in my phone and um other times i'm out in the country when i lived in the country i'd take my guitar and sit on the tailgate of a truck and go sit by my horse and i would write and be just inspired by nature and other times oftentimes i sit down at the piano Um, because piano is like a part of me and I'll just start playing and come up with these melodies and ideas and then the lyrics flow. And, um, I also journal a lot and sometimes I'll journal out just my heart and pour my heart into my journal and what I'm feeling. And, uh, and then I'll read it and be like, that's a song. (laughs) Wow. A song can come from that. Um, and sometimes too, I write, you know, stories of others and, uh, I've been really writing lately. Um, also just things that I think need more attention, like just kindness and caring for others and, uh, you know, just doing like random acts of kindness and finding ways to encourage others. And so I've been trying to write a little bit more about that kind of stuff and kind of tying in some of the hard things that I've been through, knowing that it might encourage other women and other people in general. Um, I just think that's what music's all about. It's connecting.
1: There's just so much positivity that needs to be expressed in the world these days
3: yes.
1: and and it's not you know i see the news in the u.s but it's not just here it's everywhere i mean there's it, it's everywhere and and i mean it's just amazing to me how there are so many hateful disgruntled people in the world <laughs> it, it just blows my it's mind
2: it's like if everyone could just be kind and loving yeah. realize that we're all the same you Yeah. know we're all the same and uh, we all feel, we all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. And if everyone could just be kind to everyone else, regardless of differences or different beliefs or different opinions, um, uh, the world would be so much easier. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I, and, and that just, and I'm, I'm kind of going off off the beaten path here, but that just brought a, a, and I can't remember exactly how it goes, but I remember reading a book as a youngster and it may have been Tom Sawyer, um, but they are out and it's like there's two two one or two white kids and then a black kid and the black kid gets cut mm-hmm. and the white kids look at him and it's like, Your blood's red. Oh. We we all bleed the same. We're all like you say, we're all the same on the inside. Wow. If you take away the skin, mm-hmm. you're not gonna be able to tell, you know, if you're not a forensic doctor <laughs> that knows you know exactly. the ins and outs but the typical person would never be able to tell yeah
2: exactly. and
1: that you know I I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm about to you know start preaching here and I don't mean to but it's like you know we. that's just one of the things I've tried to to keep in my mind and and I was telling you today I had a really rough day today and that just kind of you know one of those things where it comes to my mind about how we treat one another, yeah. and it's it's like you know i I guess there's a little bit of guilt there. <laughs> <laughs> probably ought to be a lot more, um, but anyway, um so let's let's talk because there's something about the song that I found out that I want to share, and I always do this in a fun kind of way, all right, So are you ready for this?
2: Absolutely. No
1: so I love some good 80s music too. Okay,
3: <laughs> and
1: 90s. Um, But this is, a, it's a segment that I call, I heard a rumor and I love this because it's kind of one of those things. Sometimes you can get, like the dirt on people but the thing that i wanted to bring up about household was the video i mean you're getting ready to film the video and it's not just the video it's it's got a purpose if yeah. that makes sense.
2: so we already filmed the video a couple weeks okay. ago but it's not out yet and um it was really cool. It was such a blessing. So I was um, asked to team up with uh, Randy Rich Films, who's an awesome videographer up here. Sorrento mm-hmm. System Homes, they're a home builder. And uh, they built the 2021 Red Deer Hospital Lottery Dream Home. So it's a big charity dream home. People buy tickets for to try to win. And they mm-hmm. raised a lot of money for a hospital here. And so a really great cause. And the home is beautiful. Um, so they had me in the home and uh, featured myself with my song Household for the music video. So we filmed it in the beautiful, big, open, like, kitchen living room. It's just gorgeous. And uh, had me performing the the song and then had me throughout the house kind of acting it out a little bit and uh, showing off different areas of the house. And Cash here even makes an appearance.
1: Oh, wow. Look at him. Get <laughs> his SAG after card now.
2: <laughs> He's just a dapper little dude here. But- <laughs> Got to be in the video, and he actually crawled into my guitar case, which was really cute. <sighs> and, uh, and then we have him walking through the house with me, right?
1: Oh, he's a good-looking fella.
2: Yeah, he's um, a heart. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, the reason that I love the the charitable aspect of that is, you know, I've I've worked with uh, you know St. Jude's, which is a big country music you know, type of organization, and they do their dream home, I think is what it's called, and I've been involved in those, and I've seen some of those houses and and stuff, and I just love that aspect, and so for you to do that, and then as I was reading, now you can find that video if you want to find the video. It's on YouTube, it's on Facebook, and it's also on IGTV. It will be uh-
2: yeah, it's not out quite yet, but it should be in the next week or so, I'm thinking.
1: Okay, yeah, it does say right here, we'll be available, but, <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it too, because I haven't seen, you know, the, the footage yet.
3: <laughs> but oh, wow. uh,
2: that's always interesting, right, to see see yourself in a video after
3: right.
2: filming it. But it was a lot of fun to film, and uh, really great, Randy's great to work with, and uh just definitely a blessing that they asked me to be part of that project and you know I love that kind of thing and I love anytime I can do anything with any charities too um, I'm big on World Vision sponsoring children and Samaritan's Purse okay. and a lot of different organizations and animal rescues as well um, and St. Jude's I would love to be involved with when I'm back in the U.S. Um, such a great cause and um, I love kids I'm an auntie I have 11 nieces and nephews and I also teach music wow. I have like I don't have kids of my own and I don't maybe won't ever because of my career but I feel like I have a lot of kids with all my nieces and nephews and all my students
3: right
2: <laughs> and uh, and I love them I love kids and so um I love whenever I get to you know sing for kids or pull kids up on stage or sometimes when I'm performing with my band um, at like a, a dance or something where there's kids there I'll get my bass player to sing a couple tunes and I'll go down and dance with the kids and it's so <laughs> fun and I love that <laughs>
1: so so how many siblings do you have?
2: I'm the youngest of four.
1: Okay. All right. We
2: big families.
1: Yeah. That's, I'm like 11. Wow. That's, I mean, you know. Yeah. four apiece.
2: <laughs> I've been auntie since I was six years old. Since how old? Six.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness.
2: I'm the youngest. Like my oldest siblings are quite a bit older than me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, like my oldest brother's a lot older. My sister's quite a bit older. And then my other brother were closer in age, but, uh, yeah. So I've been an auntie since I was a little kid. So, um, yeah, there some of my nieces and nephews are kind of like my cousins. Right. Which
1: is pretty cool. So, okay. Um, I, I, usually, I ask this question, but I'm going to pose it in a different way because you give me a really good idea of how to do that. Um, if one of your nieces came up to you and said, uh, Auntie Alicia, I want to get into country music. Yeah. What would you tell her knowing what you know now?
2: Well, what I would say, and I'm, I'm very close with one of my nieces. I'm close with all of them, but one of them, especially, um, I would say, you know what, always be true to yourself, you know, be true to your heart. Don't let anyone tell you, How you should dress or act or what you should sing or what you should sing about Um, always be true to yourself and true to your heart you know stay true to your morals true to your core values and um and i would always say you know follow your dreams always follow your dreams but know that it's going to take hard work know that there could be some sacrifices involved um it's not always easy but it's worth it Um, and one thing that i tell my students a lot is you know sometimes they'll get discouraged learning a new song and I say, you know what, everyone has to practice. I still practice. I mean, you're never done learning. Right. Right. And so I always say it takes a lot, but once you learn it, it is so worth it. And uh, so I would just encourage, encourage her or whoever is asking me to work hard and uh, just go for it, believe in yourself and also not to just take no for an answer. Like sometimes, you know, like, someone's not gonna like your music someone might be like no I don't like your music and then and then the next 10 people do you know and um so you can't base it all on other people's opinions you have to really have that belief in yourself and have confidence and uh and be doing it for the right reasons um because there are some people that do it just because they want to be famous (laughs) and that's definitely not the right reason so do it because it's your passion and it's what you love and what you cannot live without
1: that's that's great advice. I mean, I especially what you said there at the end about you know some people want to do it for the wrong reasons, so to speak. Um, now here's this this question. I I usually ask this, and I do it in two different ways. Okay, it's it, it's kind of like the identical question in a way, but I'm going to ask. I think is the hardest part first. Okay. Mm-hmm. We get in our DeLorean with the 2.4 gigawatts and we zoom off to the future and it's 10 years and you are on the, you, you're on the bus getting ready to get, or you're in the planning stages yeah. of your first huge arena tour, like, you know, Shania Twain big, you know? yeah. and you get to hand pick two people, bands, individuals to open for you. Who are you going to go to and say, we're going on this arena tour and I want you to join me?
2: That is a tough one. Um, So I've always been kind of like one for the underdog. Like I've always been, I don't know, just someone for me, I would pick people that I know have been working at it Hard for a long time right and you know I've been working at it hard for a long time and and I know the feeling of sometimes wondering like are things gonna happen and um so I would pick I would probably pick a couple of friends like whether they're fellow writers or artists um who I know have been working at it for for a long time and um just haven't had that break yet
1: right
2: I would give them that chance and that would be an amazing feeling to be able to do that for someone
1: yeah. And, uh, and I, I have to give credit where credit's due. My wife is actually the one that came up with these two questions. Um, because what I do is I take that question and I flop it around because now somebody comes up to you and they say, Alicia, I want you to go on my arena tour. Who are you? Who is the one artist that you would jump on without a thought and go, yes, <laughs> practically before it's out of their mouth.
2: I think right now, in the times that we're living in, anybody I'd be like, yep, I'm there. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> okay. <there.">
1: Pandemic aside, <laughs> this, see, this thing even screws up my show. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Pandemic aside, um, in all
2: seriousness, you know, someone that I've always dreamed of opening for because I grew up listening to her is Shania. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to her and she puts on these huge shows and she does these massive arena tours. So she is somebody that I would love to open for. And someone kind of more current who's like really been touring a lot lately um, or before the pandemic who I would love to open for is Miranda Lambert because she is so, like, I love her music. My band and I do a lot of her. We cover a lot of her songs. And uh, she's just so cool. And I think she's so supportive of other women and other female artists. And I love that. Like, I'm all about, like, women lifting up other women and, you know, just kind of being there for each other. And uh, don't get me wrong. There's a ton of male artists that I love and look up to, male artists and writers. Um, But I think, Miranda, I think her tour would be so fun because she just seems like such a fun person, too. And um, really down to earth, I don't think that she would have, like, an ego or an attitude. I think she would just be really fun to hang out with and, and open for. So... I You know, and a
1: lot of people can be catty sometimes, and I don't see her being that. I see her being just as supportive because she speaks out a lot about women in yeah. country music and in support of women in country music as, you know, women will do. I mean, and and guys, there's a lot of guys that speak out for women in country music. You know, I'm I've been working in country music radio for 12 years, you know, or longer. And I have seen how, to me, women get slighted by the fact that they don't get a lot of airplay, right? Um, yeah. be it whatever the reason, you know, and, and I've always been told, well, women don't like to hear women on the radio. So if a woman comes on, they're going to change the channel. I don't buy that. <laughs> and, and I can promise you a man came up with that saying. <laughs> So it's. I think it's just really. Um, I I think that would be an awesome tour. Um, you know, I've seen Miranda live several uh, live several times, and she's just the energy she puts in. And I could see after. You know, like before you go on, I could see you and her. And if there's another opener, you guys are all in a room, and you're you know like you're just pregame and getting your game face on. And she's saying, you just go out there and and do it, you know, and just knock your socks off type of thing.
2: Totally. Yeah. I think that would be such a blast. Um, I've opened up for a few, a few people up here in Canada. And, um, one that I got to open for is the Bellamy brothers and they're like legendary. So that was really fun. My band and I had a blast and they were like the nicest guys. You know they just they were so cool um after i came off stage they were backstage and and they were like great job dear and that was so good and they just shook my hand they were like so gentle natured and Mm -hmm. so nice and their band was really kind and um we've had some great opportunities in canada my band and i opening for acts up here canadian acts and american acts but uh yeah it'd it'd be it'd be something else to open for someone like miranda that would be next level
1: That it would now I I I probably should say this because I work in terrestrial radio during the day, so I'm like really gonna get myself in trouble if my boss is watching this. (laughs) But I listen to Sirius XM. Okay. I I have Sirius in my truck and I and I honestly listen a lot to the Canadian Country Channel because I I mean there's some great artists in Canada. And a few of them have filtered into the u s, but for whatever reason, not enough. Yeah, to me. I mean, um, and so what do you as a Canadian artist, what do you see the difference between country music in the u s and country music in Canada? What keeps that that gap open? Why has that not closed up more?
2: That's a great question. Um, (laughs) I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I think there's a lot of similarities. We have a great country music scene up here in Canada and, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff going on up here. And a lot of us Canadians that go to Nashville and either move there or spend extended periods of time down there. And, um, honestly, I think a big part of it is just the fact that it's two separate countries and the border, you know, is a big part of it because I know myself, I would have moved down there years ago, right. the whole work visa thing and everything. It's its tricky to make a go of it down there on a, on a musician's visa. Right. And, um, whereas if you're American, you can just move there and get any kind of job, right? And right. Um, But as a Canadian, you have to be on a special type of visa to be able to, to live down there. Um, so honestly, I think if we were one big country, if it wasn't the border issue, I think that I could see Canadian and American country being more merged, kind of as
3: one.
2: I think that's a big part of it. Honestly, is just the just kind of the limitations of being able to move down there. Um, You know, because we have very similar uh, styles. I mean, I think Canadian country maybe has a little bit different sound at times, but overall, I'd say it's pretty similar. And like you said earlier, country music has so many subgenres now.
1: Right. From what I from what I've heard on the Canadian country music channel Hmm. that I've noticed a lot about Canadian country music is it has a lot to me of the like nineties, two thousands transition sound to it. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of the, I mean, there, there are some that are like the pop country, you know, like the Kelsey ballerini vibes or um, even Carly Pierce, you know, things like that. But um, I mean, you've got like, um, uh, Tenille Towns. Isn't she from Canada?
3: Yeah. Okay. From Alberta. yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, I mean, she's kind of got that, but still, when you listen to her music, she's still got that little, like I said, nineties to two thousands transition. You know, it's not a lot of the steel guitar and the feel like you're, you know, if you're wearing tennis shoes, you're out of place cause you need to have your boots on, type <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, So, and, and I mean, I know with Canadian country radio, they have a certain, um, parameter. They have to play a Canadian country radio station has to play. I think it's 60% Canadian country artists, or is it higher than that?
2: No, I think it's only 30% CanCon.
1: I thought it was a lot higher than that. Wow.
2: It's 30%, but don't quote me on that.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll we'll go in the middle and we'll call it uh, 45. There we go. Forty-five (laughs) percent. Now we we know what we're talking about. But, uh, I mean, in the U.S., they don't have that. You know, there's no particular percentage of American artists you have to play because we have artists from all over. Yes. Literally around the world. Yeah. And, um, but, I mean, I really like – I, I got to interview one Canadian artist, and and you wouldn't think with a show called Before Nashville, I would have interviewed this guy, but Corey Marks.
2: Oh yeah,
1: uh, he's a he's actually the song that he's known for is a rock song.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, but if you've never listened to his album, mm-hmm. that's all. Listen to his album, and he's his heart. He really he loves country music. Yeah. And he, you know, I've listened to, I was graced to get a vinyl copy of his album and I've listened to that. And outside of Outlaws and Outsiders, Mm -hmm. and he's got a song in there with Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm Mm -hmm. that even it sounds country. I mean, you know, she's got stuff with Eric Church for crying out loud. So, (laughs) you know, so I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of great country music in Canada that we need to be putting out, you know, and. Absolutely, uh, and and even one of the big things, um, you know, with with the show itself and and the whole tagline of introducing the country stars of tomorrow to the country fans of today, you know, you and the other artists that I interview shy of like Corey Marks,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and he he wasn't he's not heard on American or Canadian country radio; mm-hmm. it's more rock radio, right? But you guys are not the ones that when I turn the radio on and I hear your song and then I run into Walmart and I do my grocery shopping and I come out and I get back in the truck and I turn the radio on and I hear your song again, you know, (laughs) it's not the independents that are going to get that. And that's what I, I don't like. I mean, I, I think we kind of, you know there's so many things in there that i could complain about all day long with radio but you know nobody's going to listen to me so <laughs> you know i've got friends i can share it with that people will listen to so that's what i normally do um but i mean do you is is that kind of i mean do you feel that way that there needs to be for for whatever reason um Country music, it just like with women, it doesn't look at independence, and I don't understand why. Because, I mean, and and I'll say, I'll say it this way between you and I, but there's people watching. Um, <laughs> I've heard men dependents that are better than some of the top notch artists, <laughs> or what they consider top notch. <laughs> just saying, just saying, <laughs> I ain't mentioning no names, okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's definitely, as an indie artist, it's definitely tough. Um, You know, it's tough to make those breakthroughs, especially on um, major market stations. Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of uh, support up here in the secondary market stations, um, which has been so amazing. And, uh, you know, there's some stations up here that are incredible to indie artists and just always doing everything they can for us. Um, which all of us indies are so grateful for. Um, it's really hard to break into the major market. Um, and uh, it's almost like you almost have to be signed, you know? So um, yeah, it is definitely a tough thing. And that's why I tell people like, you know, if you're not passionate about music and you're not doing it for the love of it, then like, don't, <laughs> don't go there because it's not easy. You know, it's tough and you get, you get told no, more times than you get told yes sometimes. Um, but you just have to keep going. And I do all my own radio tracking when I release songs. Um, so I've built some really great relationships at radio and, um, you know, you have to build a thick skin when you're doing your own tracking because you get all kinds of feedback. So sometimes the feedback is awesome. And sometimes the feedback is not, <laughs> you know, or sometimes the feedback is, uh, is you know hard to take or you know most people are really nice most people are great but sometimes you get someone who's you know not as kind or you know whatever and uh so you really have to have a thick skin but um but I love doing my own tracking I find that I have built those relationships and I love you know meeting people and reaching out and chatting with people and uh and I enjoy doing the business end of things and as an indie you kind of have to you kind of wear all those different hats as an indie artist um, so a big part of it is that business end and and the radio end of things but uh but yeah so when i say i'm thankful for the stations that are supportive um like that's an understatement i am right. i can say how thankful i am for those stations
1: so if someone wanted to find you um where where did they get more information about about you
2: yeah, so my website aliciamusic dot uh, has you know lots of stuff up on there, my bio and a lot of different things. And uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and I love to connect with people. So I always tell people, you know, follow me, reach out, send a friend request, send a message. Um, I always get back to people as best as I can, and love to connect. And my music is on all the streaming platforms and uh, everywhere where you get your music. So definitely tell people to check it out and and. Uh, Hopefully, follow my YouTube page and my Spotify, and um, just really working at building that fan base.
1: Yeah, definitely follow, subscribe uh, to Alicia's uh, YouTube because when she puts something new up, of course, if you subscribe, you're going to get a notification, yeah. and uh, you definitely want those. Um, so go check her out on all the streaming platforms. Go check her out on her social media. I I know there's pictures of Cash up there. I have I do tend to social media stalk whenever I have somebody I'm going to be interviewing, and <laughs> so. Uh, but go check her out. Go listen to her music. Check out her bio and read about her and learn about her and become a fan. Shoot her message and let her know. I mean, you know, if you connect to um, to to household, then tell her. I mean, I, I think a lot of times for an artist, that feedback from somebody that connects to the song is just as important as I mean, it's just as welcome mm-hmm. as a thousand downloads of the song. yes, you know, because you know that you've touched somebody
2: absolutely. that is um I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that is huge when someone reaches out and says, You know this song of yours' help me through this hard time or this song of yours, I can relate to. And it's good to hear that there's somebody else who's been through that. Like it makes it, um, you know, people maybe realize that they're not alone in something. And uh, when a song can do that, and it's a song that I've written and a song that I you know, put out there that, that means the world as a writer and an artist.
1: That's that's awesome. So be sure to go check out Alicia. Follow her. Again, subscribe to her YouTube channel. And while you're looking at her YouTube channel, just flip over to Before Nashville. Subscribe to, to my channel as well because when I have new artists coming on, it'll all pop up right there. Same way you can follow both of us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, um, Twitter. I actually have Twitch. I still don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I even have TikTok, and I still don't know why. <laughs> But but go follow us and then just check it out. We really appreciate it. Again, Before Nashville is being brought to you by GoGoTuners. It's the go-to tuners, uh, tuner for professional and amateur musicians alike. And it's just a great tuner. Go check it out, GoGoTuners.com. Alicia, thank you for coming on tonight. Stay warm, okay, <laughs> please. Yes, um,
3: well. Kat,
1: You keep her company and keep her out of trouble, buddy, because I'm sure somebody has to sometimes.
2: <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a good little dude. My
1: little <laughs> There you go. All right. Alicia, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have a good night.
2: Thank you so much. You too.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.